Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey, podcasters, Sky here. Before we get into this episode, I had to jump in quick and let you know this is a pre-recorded episode of the Mock Draft. Before we got the news of Darius Geis getting lost for the season with a torn ACL, I drafted him in this mock draft. Disregard that information. Hope the rest of our guys can stay healthy and enjoy the episode. Welcome into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined more often than not by my longtime brother, Daniel Sancato. On today's episode, we're going to walk you through a mock draft. We're going to let you know what we would do in particular situations. And to spice it up, we're going to randomize our draft order before we pick. If you have a fantasy football question or comment for our listener mailbag, please reach out to us via email at thecandlestickkidsfantasypod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids, hashtag TCKPod. We have a great episode for you today, so without any further ado, let's talk ball. Good evening, Daniel. How are we doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing? I am great, and I am really, really excited about this episode. We are going to be getting into a first mock draft of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I'm stoked on this. I've been doing a couple mock drafts myself, gearing up for the season, but I have yet to do one with anybody else. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say on these mock drafts and see where these things go. For today's mock draft, we're going to be using the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard. Highly recommend you use this. There are many, many draft 
uh, mock draft avenues you can use. Um, but this one is nice and quick and you can generally get a draft in by yourself pretty quickly. This one might take a little bit longer because we'll have some analysis with each pick and uh, be retorting on each other's, but generally it's pretty quick. For this mock draft, we are going to be using a 12-team PPR settings. We have both randomized our draft position, and I have the 11th pick in the draft. Daniel, what number do you have? Uh, I'm rolling with the 8th pick of the eighth. draft. Okay. okay, so you're in the middle chunk. I'm in the back half. That's great. Because I think everybody kind of knows what the first four or five picks are, so this would be nice to kind of get some different different feels there. Right. Quick, quickly running down the roster settings, pretty standard, um, but maybe a, maybe a flub here and there, depending on how you play. We'll have one quarterback, two re- running backs, two receivers, one tight end, two flex positions, not a super flex. It'll be a receiver, running back, or tight end flex, two of them, one defense, one kicker, and seven bench spots. Let's fire this up. Once again, the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard is very quick. If you haven't used it before, basically it just runs things out very quickly, um, and the, the computer uh, drafts up, but it's it's basically going off of the mocks um, of the uh, ECR, which is the Expert Consensus Ranking, and it also mentions their ADP as well. So you have the eighth pick. Why don't you go first? Um, just a disclaimer, we are not playing in the same draft. We are running two different drafts, so there is a chance we may end up picking some similar players or, frankly, just the exact same player uh, later in the draft if we so choose and it fits our team. Um, But you have the eighth pick. We'll let you go first. All right. Sounds good. Let's go ahead and cue this baby up. All right. So so I'm rolling with pick number eight. Um, The first seven picks I I think are probably relatively unsurprising for those of you who have been participating in, in mock drafts or, or have sort of been paying attention to, to ADPs. So uh, in order, the first seven picks have been uh, Todd Gurley, uh, Lev Bell, uh, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Alvin Kamara, and Saquon Barkley. So I don't think any of that is is too shocking. Um, I think uh, if this was a real thing, I think drafting Saquon Barkley that high in a PPR league is kind of insane, but be, be that as it may. Um, so I am fortunate where I think uh, I, I'm going to to go with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, um, who I think if, if this was a real draft and he fell to me at eight, I'd be pretty stoked. Um, uh, he ended up last season as the number one scoring wide receiver um, in standard leagues, at least, and only one point behind that in PPR leagues. Um, and uh, weirdly enough, he posted incredible production after Deshaun Watson went down. Um, but I don't think that that's a, 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 a sort of a symptom of any uh, lack of chemistry between the two. I think that's just sort of a weird small sample size thing. And I firmly expect him to to continue to be a stud this year. So I'm going to go ahead and take him, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, with the eighth overall pick in my draft. I dig it. That's nice. Um, I think you'll be even further stoked uh, how my draft started. So my first 11 picks were uh, Lev, Gurley, Zeke, A.B., David Johnson, Kamara, Odell, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, and DeAndre Hopkins fell to the 10th pick here. And leaving leaving on the board, I am extremely excited about this. I don't necessarily have a strategy going into this particular draft. I'm not doing a zero RB zero um, 
receiver, uh, quarterback early, late. I don't really have a strategy for this draft. I'm just kind of winging it to see what happens at the 11th pick. But I'm extremely excited to see my boy Julio Jones coming in at the 11th uh, overall pick. And I have Michael Thomas, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen on the board right now. But I feel very good about going with Julio Jones. Yeah, I would feel good if I got Julio in the 11th round, or excuse me, the 11th overall pick as well. Um, I think still perennially overlooked as an absolute monster. So, um, yeah, he's a beast. And in the in the in the uh, spirit of snake drafts, I'm going to go with my second pick here on the 11th pick, coming back the other way, and then we'll go to you for two in a row. And um, this is actually a tricky pick for me. I have, let's see, Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette went after me and I'm back on the clock immediately. And I have Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Dalvin cook and Devonte Adams is kind of the top four options. There's also AJ green available. Yikes. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is just I, comes I, down to who, who you like more. <laughs> really? I love, yeah. I mean, I, I, if it were me, it'd be Michael Thomas, but I, I think I'm I'm higher on him than some people. So so uh, I'll, I'll totally defer to your wisdom. Yeah, I I I agree, and I think I think I'm going to test a theory here about kind of the late running back strategy. Last year, the the uh, zero RB strategy was a big deal, um, and I think it kind of missed. I think there was a lot of quarterbacks hurt, which kind of made the running back or receiver position, excuse me, uh, down a little bit. Um, so I think a lot of people were hyped on the zero RB strategy, went for it, and uh, it just kind of blew up in their face. I think it's an opportunity this year to do that. And because this is a mock draft and it goes pretty quickly, I can do what I want. So I'm going to do that. And so I love me some Dalvin Cook. Um, but I'm going to try something here with this draft. I've got Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, AJ Green. I love Michael Thomas. I love Drew Brees. I'm going to pull the trigger there. I've got Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. Let's go to you for two. Uh, two, two of the most sure, sure-handed, surefire things at, at the wide receiver position, I think. So not bad. Well, I'm going to kind of follow your lead here. So it, uh, after I took DeAndre Hopkins with the eighth overall pick in the first round, uh, out went uh, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Keenan Allen, and Michael Thomas. So that leaves me with, uh, if I want a receiver, I, I have, I basically am choosing between Devonte Adams and AJ green. Uh, or I could, I could in the, in the interest of balance, I could go with a running back in which case my top choice would probably be, uh, McCaffrey. Um, I, I gotta go with your guy. I think Devonte Adams, uh, who, who is mm. the man, um, no doubt about it. Um, I think a lot of people wrote him off uh, going into uh, after his first two seasons, going into last year. Um, I think he he does have other than you know as compared to somebody like Michael Thomas, who you just took. I think he has more of a wide range of possibilities. Um, he finished as a top twelve wide receiver with freaking Brett Hundley starting the majority of the season, and he's likely going to be the number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but uh, but you know I think compared to some of the other guys that go in the early in the early picks, um, he has a little less of a track record of success. So there's going to be some risk uh, uh, involved. But um, compared to AJ Green, for example, who no doubt is still talented, uh, has been a fixture 
as one of the top receivers in the league for quite some time, uh, has unfortunately Andy Dalton thrown to him. Uh, I will, uh, I, I think I got to go with Devonta Adams on that one. All right. So we both two top tier wide receivers as our first two picks in our draft. Let's see. I'm looking at, man, again, I, I mentioned I don't have a strategy going into this draft, which I truly did not. Um, but, but I, I, I just, I, I'm feeling a full zero RB going on right now with, with what I have available. So I'm in the third round. I'm in the top of the third round. And actually I just missed, um, let's see, just missed Jordan Howard, uh, Joe Mixon, Kelsey Ertz, all those guys went in the last five picks. So any of those guys would have been better than what I have left over. Um, I have two run, uh, two receivers, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and I would be looking at running back right now, but it basically it's Alex Collins, Kenyon Drake, Darius Geis, Jay Ajayi. Uh, in my opinion, too early for any of those guys. If if they're around next round, um, in the fourth round, I might be uh, looking at one of those guys. But I'm I'm you know, and all the big three tight ends are gone. So I'm actually looking at a receiver once again, and um, I've got Adam Thielen. Uh, who's fallen this far and a lot of mocks I'm doing, he's going in the upper, upper, you know, upper to mid second round. So I'm a little surprised to see him down here. Amari Cooper, Golden Tate, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, again, too early for all those guys. Um, and I think it's just around or too early for Aaron Rodgers. So um, I actually like Stefan Diggs uh, significantly more than Adam Thielen, uh, although he crushed for me last year. Um, I just think that Diggs is going to fit the system a little better with uh, with Kirk Cousins this year. Um, but Adam Thielen at the end of the third round as a third wide receiver, I'm going to steal that. And on the turn, I do have Alex Collins available. Aaron Rodgers and Amari Cooper went. Um, Alex, see, Alex Collins, I think, is a risky RB1, but is Kenyon Drake, Darius Geis, JHI, I don't believe in any of those guys. Um, I think I have enough receivers for now, so I am going to pull the trigger on Alex Collins, who I think is going to be a machine until he either gets hurt, fumbles, or they just decide to bring in Kenneth Dixon but that would be premature in my opinion. So Alex Collins will be my first running back. All right. Bueno. Um, so am I, am I supposed to take two turns now? Cause I think I only took one last time. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. Two, go I got two players. I'm on the third round right now. Um, so I am, I, I, it's funny. I've been steadfastly anti no zero RB. I, I'm, I've, I've always traditionally been a favor of having a balanced team. I think that um, it's tempting. I've always been tempted to go just draft a bunch of top-notch wide receivers because I think there are obviously more of them, and running backs can be, uh, you know, there's there's so many teams increasingly going to committees at running back and things along those lines, and you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but uh, I, I I feel like um, given the relative dearth of, of quality running backs. Uh, I think it's useful to take at least one at this point in the draft. Um, I, I've just found that running, even in a PPR league where receivers are increasingly valuable, I feel like having a quality running, at least one quality running back can really make or break your team. Last year for me, that was Mark Ingram, who is not the most talented back in the world, but he did you know, get a bunch of touchdowns and he seemed to be a consistent performer 
week after week. Uh, he got a ton of carries, was useful in the passing game, um, and he ended up, I think, being in many ways a game changer for me. Um, so with that said, if I was just going for, I think, based on my own personal rankings, the best player available, that would be Doug Baldwin, although uh, given some concerns about his, his current uh, injury that he's dealing with. Uh, or Demarius Thomas is another possible option. But I'm going to go with Jordan Howard uh, and take my first running back in this draft. Um, he was uh, kind of all over the map last year, but, uh, you know, obviously the Bears in general were uh, nothing short of ridiculous. Um, and I think Matt, Matt Nagy is going to be a huge step up in terms of play calling. I think Howard's going to get more consistency, a much higher ceiling. Um, uh, and I think he doesn't do as, as much in the passing game, which may limit his upside, but just as a pure runner, um, I think he's going to have, uh, I, I envision have him having a big year. So I'm taking Jordan Howard uh, as my third round pick. And then grouping around. I think that's, a, I think we started to cut you off. I think that's a great call, uh, honestly, with, with uh, the first, first pick. I mean, he does have some concerns and obviously there's, um, you know, there's uh, Tariq Cohen there, but um, I think that, uh, Jordan Howard is going to get more significant pass looks. And um, I think, I think he's going to surprise this year. He's been really solid the first two years. I think he could be one of those guys that sneaks up into that top five uh, positioning. If he can get into the end zone as much as kind of a Matt Forte used to do. So I think that's a great call. What's your fourth round pick? I'm going to go with a, a, another running back. Uh, I think there's some, there's some interesting receivers on the board right now. Uh, I got Jarvis Landry, who I, you know, I like as a PPR kind of target hungry uh, machine. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, you know, poised with a with a with uh, you know a full year of uh, you know Carson Wentz. I think is going to be a uh, you know an interesting target. But I'm going to take yet another running back um, in the interest of sort of having because I you know I didn't get one of the top backs, the Ezekiel Elliotts or Gurleys or Lev Bell. So I think to kind of uh, hedge my bets a little bit in case Jordan Howard doesn't work out or, or loses, uh, loses work to Tariq Cohen. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Kenyon Drake, who uh, I know you're not as hot, as high on as, as I am. Um, I, I, th- I am kind of of the belief that what he did last year was real. Um, I think uh, he is a big play runner. Um, I expect that, I, I think even if, even with some regression, I think, uh, his regression won't be as as significant as maybe it would be for other players who put up his types of numbers last year because I think he's going to continue to get those big runs. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not he's going to withstand the workload. I don't see Frank Gore um, as as being a, a hugely significant threat at this point. Um, uh, I'm sorry, what's the – Watch out for Kalen Bellage. I, know, I, was gonna, I was just going to say I was blanking on his name. But, yes, Bellage, I know – is somebody who really hot on. I I definitely see him as being an issue in the future. I just don't see it as much this year, uh, especially not at the beginning. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Ken, go out on a limb and, and say that he's going to live up to his hype um, and take Kenyon Drake in the fourth round. Okay, so you have two running backs, two receivers. That is, is that correct. correct. I'm all about, about balance okay, over I- here. No, it's, you know, not, not a terrible approach. Um, I have three receivers and one running back. Um, so right now on my list, I have Kenyon Drake available. Um, Cam Newton, Corey Davis, Michael Crabtree, Darius Geis, Jay Ajayi. Um, 
I'm looking for a running back here. Um, I think you just made my case for me uh, about Kenyon Drake. I'm going to pass on Kenyon Drake. I don't hate Kenyon Drake. I just don't want to invest a fifth-round pick on right. him. Um, I think I'm going to go with Darius Geis. Mm-hmm. Darius Geis. I'm going with Darius Geis. I'm feeling it. I think that he's going to be a great rookie, and I think everyone's got uh, Saquon Barkley slated as the top rookie. Um, however, I could certainly see Darius Geis challenging him for that by the end of the season. Um, I think Saquon's the most talented overall, and I think he's in the best position, and he catches the ball a lot more than I think Geis will. However, uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed in New York, and while there are also in Washington, I just – don't see all of them producing high enough to keep keep guys out of there. So if he stays healthy and he can he can hold on to the football, I think he's going to be great. So I'm going to go with guys in the fifth round and turning around in the sixth round. Let's see. I'm looking at Corey Davis. Love Corey Davis. I love Sammy Watkins here in the sixth round. Let's see. It's ADP. Corey Davis to see. I think for me, it's going to be, well, I have a couple of run, running backs too. Kenny Drake, Jay Ajayi, Lamar Miller, Rashad Penny, Derrick Henry. I think those are all guys I'm either wanting to pass on or I can get maybe in the seventh round. So I'm going to let that go. I would love to see Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz come up in the seventh round, which it might be risky, but I'm, I'm going to look at a quarterback in the seventh round potentially. So let's look at receiver Corey Davis or Sammy Watkins for me. I already have very, very quality studs. So both these guys are risky. Do I believe in Mahomes? Do I believe in Mariota? <laughs> I'm going to go with Corey Davis. I love Mariota. I think Mariota is going to have a, a bounce back, breakout, um, whatever you want to call it, season. I think he's going to crush this year. And I think that uh, Corey Davis is going to be the re- the recipient of that. And unfortunately, we just got news that Rashard Matthews um, is pulling up a little bit limp in camp. So I am definitely concerned about him. And there's not many other receiving options outside of an ancient Delaney Walker. So I like Corey Davis and I love Sammy Watkins, but Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Chiefs offense, yada, yada, Mahomes. I just, it's a little more risky. So I think, I think Corey Davis as a fourth receiver in a PPR league, I think is absolutely dynamite. No doubt. Uh, the fact that he's actually still around, I think in, in your draft is, is pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, he's definitely somebody that I, that I am fully buying the hype on this year. So I think that's a great pick. Um, so I got kind of an interesting predicament. So I could go – there's pretty much nothing left for me right now in the way of running backs, and I'm pretty satisfied. Uh, I guess the best, based on my list, the best that's available is Guise, um, who, who's, who's solid, but I kind of buy uh, – you know, I have some concerns about him in that offense in terms of how he's going to fit in. Um, and I feel pretty set at running back for the moment uh, in terms of having Jordan Howard and Kenyon Drake. Um, at receiver, uh, my top option available to me right now is Michael Crabtree, who I think is going to be a clear wide, a clear uh, number one wide receiver on Baltimore this year. Uh, but there's still a number of concerns. It's still going to be undoubtedly a very run-heavy offense. Um, 
remains to be seen exactly, I think, how things are going to shake down over there. Um, so there's some some concern there. The other thing I could do is something that I barely ever do. Um, take a quarterback in the fifth round. I have Tom Brady sitting here staring at me. Yikes. Ridiculously dude. smug grin of his literally staring at me on the computer screen right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. I've never owned Tom Brady ever, ever in the history of me playing, fo- playing fantasy football. Have I owned Tom Brady? And I, I don't know. I, there's so many reasons to not like him this year. He's freaking 41. He's lost a bunch of weapons. Um, you know, his pro his, other than Gronk, his other best weapon in Julian Edel- uh, Edelman is going to be suspended for four games. Um, I don't know. I keep coming back to the same argument. He's freaking Tom Brady, and he somehow manages to pull up top, you know, three or top five fantasy fantasy numbers, regardless of yep. his age and who he has around him. Um, I'm thinking of taking again. This is sort of an ex, a bit of an experimental draft. We'll see how this shakes down for me at the end. I may regret it, but given how the fact that I'm not truly enamored with my receiver or running back options available available to me right now, I'm thinking of taking Brady, but. I have a sense you're going to disagree. I actually don't really? disagree. I think, yeah, I think, I think that uh, that you know uh, something in in fantasy football that you think about it's its value. Right. Everybody has a value. You and I are going to sit here over these you know preseason ranks and and talks and all these things, and we're going to like guys and dislike guys. A lot of that has nothing to do with the player themselves. So much of that has to do with where they're going in drafts, what you have to spend to have this player on your team, and how it matches into your team. You have two quality running backs, two quality receivers. The tight ends are gone. You're going to wait probably another couple rounds for tight ends potentially unless you get some serious value. You may not reach for quarterbacks usually, but Tom Brady in the fifth round, like, dude, you're right. He's going to end up as a top five quarterback, period, unless he gets hurt somehow. And to have that kind of value, you just set it and forget it. You know what I mean? You're going to be putting that in there. You don't have to worry about that the rest of your draft. You can look at receivers, running backs, grab a tight end late, and I think you'd be solid. And if you're worried about it, then you look at somebody, you know, deeper in the draft in the 13th, 14th, 15th round with uh, just pure upside in case anything happens to Tom or he slows down or whatever. You can potentially trade him away and and get something out of it or whatever. But actually, I I don't disagree. I think fifth round uh, value for Tom Brady is solid. Whew. Okay, I feel better then. I think uh, my my moral dilemma is is put at ease. I think I'm going to go ahead and take Brady. And since I'm a I'm a you know hard line stats guy, uh, you know he did put up uh, five thousand four hundred sixty eight effective Dude. yards last year compared to his. 4,366 actual passing yards because of how uh, efficient and how valuable he is. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just pull the trigger on this uh, and take Tom Brady in the fifth round. I think it's a, I think it's a great pick, man. What do you got in the sixth? Well, it turns out that my wide receiver choice, the one that I was sort of uh, thinking about last time, is still around. I can take Michael Crabtree in the sixth round, who I think is – I, I, at this point, I w- really want a receiver. I haven't taken a receiver since round two uh, in Devontae Adams. Um, and I feel sa- – I don't. again, I'm not over enamored with a lot of the other uh, options at, at running back, uh, you know, Lamar Miller, Rashad Penny. I'm not enamored at this, at this point in the draft with those types of players. So I think I'm going to go ahead and take Crabtree. I could also take Pierre Garçon, who I – recently talked about as a, a solid bounce back candidate, but um, as you noted in that segment, he's going to have a lot of 
uh, uh, mouths or so people to sort of contend with over there and Goodwin, uh, Kittle. Um, whereas Crabtree, I think, is very clearly going to be the man, albeit in sort of a run-focused offense. Uh, but I like him as a solid bounce back uh, next year or this upcoming year. So I'm going to go ahead and take Crabtree in the sixth. Cool. On my side, I have also reached the quarterback predicament. I'm in the seventh round, and um, I had just mentioned last round that I was hoping for any of the quarterbacks, such as Deshaun Watson or uh, Drew Brees or Carson Wentz, any of that. Well, they're all gone. (laughs) So um, that leaves Kirk Cousins uh, finding a new home in Minnesota. Um, Out there after that, it's Matt Stafford, Big Ben, Rivers, I just I'm not going to take any of those guys uh, in the seventh eighth round. So it's it's Kirk Cousins a quarterback or bust for me right now. Um, at the running back or receiver position, I'm looking at Royce Freeman, Rex Burkhead. Too early for like a Coleman, uh, Tevin Coleman or a Tariq Cohen. There is Rashad Penny, but uh, I'm I'm just not feeling the Seattle offense this year in general. Um, I'd like to see him prove himself. And there's a lot of mouths back there. Uh, And we all know Pete Carroll loves Chris Carson. So I'm going to stay away from Rashad Penny. On the receiver side, I've got your boy Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup, Marquise Goodwin, also Sterling Shepard, who I love, but I think it's a round or two early for him. So I'm basically looking at Royce Freeman, Rex Burkhead, Kirk Cousins, or Cooper Cup. Um, I have four receivers and two running backs right now. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins because I don't want to risk losing him uh, over the top. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins right now, and I have all my running back positions uh, still available. So basically I'm looking at Royce Freeman, Rex Burkhead, or Marquise Goodwin. I'm good on receivers right now. I need a quality running back. I love Burkhead and his opportunity with Sonny Michelle getting a bit dinged up. Also, he's obviously proven himself to Brady and Belichick, um, but – I think Royce Freeman is one of those rookies who could certainly storm the scene and uh, get up there in that wide receiver one category. And I think Collins and Geis are great choices at running back. I think they both come with risk. Um, And I think Royce Freeman has kind of the best chance to be the starting running back all season on his team. I'm not worried about uh, um, Devontae Brooker. Also, I gotta I gotta have a little bit of a uh, little bit of duck going on here. I'm gonna pick um, Royce Freeman as my eighth round pick. Solid. Uh, I agree that I think he's gonna emerge as the king in that in that scheme, and um, he he could be potentially on track for a significant workload. Uh, so so yeah, I think at this point in the draft, you know this. I think that's a pick that could be one of those sort of difference makers um, for, for a team. Um, it's possible he he doesn't show what they think he's going to show, and Booker takes over and it's bust. But I I don't no. I don't I yeah I agree I don't I don't see he's an animal. I think he's going to be a monster. Uh, so I uh, man I, this is actually I think so I'm in the where am I now I'm in the seventh round, um, and I think this is maybe the biggest predicament. Um, that I've had. So I, I could take another receiver, which we all know are valuable um, in, in PPR leagues. I have Devonte Parker. I'm also looking at Marquise Goodwin. Um, 
but I'm also at this point, I'm in the seventh round and Lamar Miller is, is available to me who I actually think is one of these kind of under the radar sorts of guys that I think is, I, I, I think some of it might depend on Deontay Foreman and how quickly he's going to come back from his Achilles injury. But I think as it stands, he's firmly locked in as their, as their main guy at the very least to start the season. And, you know, he didn't have a great year last year, especially in terms of yards per carry, but there's, he's one of the few running backs in the league who've consistently seen 250 or more touches over the last four years. Um, and with Deshaun Watson, if he can be even something resembling the quarterback that he was last year, um, I think he's going to find himself against a lot of really tight defensive fronts. Uh, he's going to get a lot of passing yards. Um, he averaged 50, almost 15 PPR points per game with Watson, much less, of course, when, uh, when Tom Savage took over. But I think he has a chance to actually be one of these sort of sleeper kind of these guys that people sort of forget about but could end up turning uh, some pretty real value, especially in the early going. So I'm lean, leaning towards taking Lamar Miller at this point in the draft. Uh, but what do you think? Um, I could see Devontae Parker. I could see Marquise Goodwin as well. Um, but I definitely like taking the chance to take uh, you know, stable, relatively stable running backs when I have it. Yeah, I'm I'm not a Lamar Miller fan, but again, it all comes down to value. Yeah. I mean, you're in the seventh round, a starting running back, solid. I mean, until Deontay Foreman comes back, if he comes back uh, from a pretty severe torn Achilles, um, you know, Lamar Miller and and uh, Deshaun Watson tore it up last year. When, when Deshaun was healthy. So not a terrible pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to go. And, and the fact that he's uh, – that I believe I'm looking right now, um, his ADP is actually number – in PPR leagues is actually 46, and I'm getting him at number 80 overall. Uh, so that seems, that seems hard to – not that I necessarily always rely on ADP, but, um, but that seems like a, a difficult thing. So I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on Lamar Miller in the seventh round and then snaking around. Um, now I'm definitely in firmly, firmly in receiver mode. Uh, and some of the other guys that I was interested in just got taken. Uh, Devonte Parker off the board, uh, uh, Sterling Shepard off the board, who I also really like this year. Um, Marquise Goodwin still hanging around and thus he's my guy at this point. I think he's actually Do given, it. given the next best uh, is is uh, Kenny Stills, who I, I rate significantly lower than Goodwin. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on on uh, my hometown favorite, uh, Marquise Goodwin. Okay, in round nine, I'm looking at uh, Trey Burton is still here in the ninth round, and he's kind of the tight end that I'm targeting in the middle of rounds if I, if I choose to do that. I'm actually one of those guys, again, not really going into the draft with a strategy, but – in general, I think I'm looking at catching value on one of those top uh, tight ends in the third or fourth round. If I can catch one of those guys in, in those rounds, I think I'm going to jump on that and maybe scoop a, a backup tight end later just in case you know that doesn't work out. But more often than not, you don't catch up on one of those. You want value somewhere else, so you're looking to the middle of the rounds. And for me, it's it's kind of Trey Burton, George Kittle – or bust. And if I don't get him in the ninth or 10th round, I'm going to wait till like the end of the draft and do the whole waiver game. But I do have Trey Burton available right now. My tight ends are uh, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, 
um, George Kittle, David Njoku, and um, love me some Kittle, but uh, I think it's too early for him. Jack Doyle, we'll see what happens. I know that Luck loves him, but we do have Eric Ebron as much as all of us want to kind of, you know, distract ourselves from from, – Eric Ebron being in Indianapolis, I think it's important that uh, we do understand that he is there. He is quality, although I don't think he ever lived up to the hype in Detroit. So moving on, um, I think Trey Burton's my pick here really quick. The running backs, Chris Thompson, Isaiah Crowell, Jamal Williams. I would love to see C.J. Anderson wrap back around. And the beautiful thing about the 11th pick is I have only two picks in between this one. I'm pretty confident C.J. Anderson – will come back around to me. And if he doesn't, um, I might have another option at receiver. Yeah. So I'm going to pull the trigger on Trey Burton here in the ninth round. Beauty of uh, picking. Uh, I love I love picking at the beginning and end of, of, of drafts, of first rounds. Those middle rounds are tough, trying to predict who's going to go and who's not. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome. It's interesting because some people do like to pick on the turn, which I, I agree with you. I'd rather be in the top four or the bottom four than the middle um, four, but some people are kind of hit or miss. Uh, so we'll see. Um, after Trey Burton, Des Bryant was picked at the end of the ninth round, which is which is hilarious seeing as that he's not even on a team. Um, also in the eighth round, uh, Jacksonville was chosen, so – uh, looks like they're off the board already. Um, Carlos Hyde was also taken. Um, I think Nick Chubb is going to lead all of the uh, Cleveland Browns backfield in overall points, so I can just get him later if I want to do that. But I'm looking at, let's see, I have one, two, um, three running backs, and I have one, two, three, four receivers. I have my tight end and my quarterback done. So I'm looking at a receiver or a running back and I'm at this point I'm I I'd love Rashard Matthews if he was healthy but I also have Corey Davis so I'm not worried about that Kenny Galladay too early for him I think he could be you know they call him baby you know baby Tron for a reason I think in another year or two he could certainly be the top dog in Detroit but I think it's too early in the 10th round for him um Cameron Meredith I love but I can wait another round on him potentially um Jamal Williams, I like, but I actually believe more in Aaron Jones, who I think I can get a little bit later on. So I'm going to wait on that. So I'm going to go with CJ Anderson here in the 10th round. Um, he's one of my picks uh, to to kind of, you know, break out this year, if you can call it a breakout. I just think that all of the hype is on Christian McCaffrey, and rightfully so. But I think that um, people are are downplaying how good CJ Anderson actually is. And he rushed for over a thousand yards on a pitiful Denver team last year with no quarterback at all. So I really like CJ Anderson and getting essentially a starting running back um, in the 10th round, I think is a steal. And let's, let's not forget that Jonathan Stewart, who can't even run had 200 attempts last year. Um, and CJ Anderson is far better than him. So I, I like CJ Anderson here in the 10th round. Yeah, I do too. I think, I think, He's going to – I think he's going to just ultra touchdowns, to be honest. Um, and I think I think it's, he's going to – even if he's not – I'm not bought into C.J. Anderson as the most overwhelmingly talented running back in the, in the universe, but I think he's uh, one of these guys that's going to continue to get his yards and get carries and, and vulture touchdowns and, and end up being really valuable. Um, 
All right, so I'm up, right? You are, yeah, you've got back-to-back here. All right, sounds good. Well, so I still don't have a tight end. Um, So I'm looking at Jack Doyle right now, who at least by my – by my uh, rankings is the, is the top tight end cell available. However, I have a hunch that I, th- I mean, there's still a, bu- at this point in the draft, I think there's a bunch of tight ends that have sort of uh, may hold a reasonable amount of value. Obviously I've missed out on the top guys. I've even missed out on the middle guys. Uh, even Jordan Reed and, and Trey Burton are off the board at this point. Um, but I think if the, you know, there's Doyle, there's George Kittle, David and Joku, um, even kind of at the back end of that, Charles Clay, who I've sort of uh, kind of talked up a bit this year. Um, so I'm not feeling overwhelmingly pressured at this point to take a tight end. Um, and I have uh, Rex Burkhead on the board right now, who I, I feel like I just can't pass up. He's uh, They just sort of released that he's listed as number one on the Patriots depth chart. This is the Patriots. We all know who knows what's going to happen over there with running back. It's going to be, uh, as always, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of a nightmare to try to figure out. But uh, all indications are that Sony Michelle has not impressed thus far in camp and as I, I believe hurt at the moment. Um, I don't, certainly don't have anything positive to say about Jeremy Hill, uh, who they brought in to replace Dion Lewis, but is, is ultimately just kind of a plotter who I don't expect. It's possible he may not even play or may not even make the team. Um, I think Burkhead is going to have a very, very significant role uh, over there, uh, especially at the start of the year. Um, and I think, uh, especially at this point in the draft, round nine, pick 104 overall. Um, to me, he seems like somebody who could potentially be a steal at this point. So I'm going to go ahead and take Burkhead. Uh, he was quite effective last year when he was on the field. Um, so given uh, a bigger share of the workload, I think I think he can do some damage. So Burkhead uh, at round nine, it is around um and now so here's here's an interesting sort of i have a kind of a choice now between two two strategies both of which i kind of like so again i need a tight end jack doyle literally just got picked um in the pick right before me um i have george kittle available to me who i've always liked um uh, and i think has a chance to be majorly surpass his draft value but I also am a huge fan of handcuffs, um, and I'm looking at Tariq Cohen right now. And remember, I took Jordan Howard mm. in the third round. Um, and I, I, first of all, I think even if Howard doesn't get hurt, I think Cohen might carve out a nice role for himself at the very. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I don't even think Tariq Cohen's. I mean, he is a handcuff, but I don't think you even draft him as no, a handcuff. I, I think he's just. I mean, yeah, he's gonna catch passes. I mean, he's gonna do a lot of things for them over there. Um, I had a league last year where I had uh, had uh, Kamara and Mark Ingram, and I played them both ninety percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so I think I'm going to go ahead and take my chances, my tight end chances, on having somebody being available available to me late. Um, I think Cohen, Cohen, like I said, Cohen's going to have value regardless. If Jordan Howard ever, if something ever happened to Jordan Howard, Cohen would be immediately in the running back one conversation, or at least running back two conversation. Um, so, so I'm going to go ahead and take him. Uh, in the tenth round, and pray that there are still some serviceable tight ends available available to me at some point. Um, but I don't mind punting tight end uh, if I feel like I'm getting value at these other positions. So, so we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm in the back of the eleventh round, 
And uh, again, I have the 11th pick overall. So I've got back-to-back picks essentially. Um, You know, we're getting kind of slim pickings here at this point in the draft. So we'll speed this up a little bit. I am looking at uh, James White, Devontae Booker, Naheem Hines, Corey Clement, Matt Breida at at running backs. And I'm looking at Kenny Galladay, Josh Dogson, um, Tyler Lockett, Mohamed Sanu at receiver. Um, I think I'm going to go – I love Naheem Hines. Um, I've been talking him up quite a bit this preseason, and he just reminds me so much of Alvin Kamara last year. Lurking in the shadows, third on the depth chart, but could just, I think, honestly be the top running back on the team. Um, however, I'm, I'm pretty stacked at at general running backs right now, and I think that my receivers are really solid too, but I just see some breakout candidates I'm not sure I can pass up, and that's Anthony Miller, Mike Williams, your boy Tyrell Williams, Calvin Ridley, um, I just really like all those guys, and I, I just think I have to get some of that. Um, so I'm going to pull all these guys up here. Again, we're using the uh, Fantasy Pros um, draft wizard, and I'm able to kind of see some of their ADPs and stats and things like that. So looks like Calvin Ridley is the highest ADP, um, also the highest ECR. And I can also check the strength of schedule, which I think is fun, and I'm going to do that. Um, Anthony Miller has the sixth easiest strength of schedule and Calvin really has the seventh easiest. Now, if, if you, if you are paying attention enough, you realize that I actually took Julio Jones with my first pick. So why am I even thinking of Calvin Ridley here as kind of a receiver handcuff? Generally I wouldn't, but Julio is not exactly automatic to play 16. And we've seen what Muhammad Sanu can do over the years when he's out. So Calvin Ridley is certainly catching my eye. However, I think I'm going to go with Anthony Miller here. Yeah. I'm going to choose him. I think there's big time upside. Um, I like uh, Allen Robinson, but I could see Anthony Miller going. And sure enough, Calvin Ridley went right after me along with um, Martavis Bryant. So that actually uh, makes my decision a bit easier. Naheem Hines still on the board, but also on the board – my dog, Mike Williams. Um, ooh, I can't wait to talk about Mike Williams. This dude is a beast. Um, I think he could be a receiver one for sure. Of course, there's Keenan Allen, Tyro Williams. Um, I just think that he didn't even get a chance last year with a bum back and looking at him in preseason and watching film and clips of him playing. He's just a beast. Um, so I, I can't I can't pass that up. I'm gonna go with Mike Williams here to start off the twelfth round. Beautiful. Yeah. I I, uh, I think we talked about their situation and, and, and kind of uh you know the extent to which those secondary receivers are gonna have a role. And I think both of those two meaning uh Mike and Tyrell Williams are are set for, for potentially big years. Uh I personally am a huge fan of Tyrell Williams, but I I, I love that pick uh, of Mike Williams as well. I think both of those guys um, and the Chargers offense in general, I think is set for a pretty massive year. Um, so uh, moving back to me. Um, so I have some of my favorite sleepers 
uh, available to me now. And again, I also remind that I do not have a tight end. Um, so I'm, I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm looking at uh, you. You do. You do need to draft I one just draft to one eventually. You. But uh, but I, I, I. It's funny. I never. I never wait this long for a position. But I'm kind of having a ball here, and I'm I'm playing around with these new strategies and just looking at the tight ends available. So David Njoku, who I love, is available right now. Um, but I, I kind of these these tight ends at the in the kind of the the back the back end of drafts. I feel like I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mortified if if I missed Njoku and ended up with like OJ Howard or or Brait or even I think Eric Ebron. We you kind of talked about him in reference to. Jack Doyle earlier, but I think Ebron's actually going to carve out a nice little role for himself. He's been one of these guys that I think is actually, there was a stat that I think only a few other tight ends in recent years have had as many yards before age 25 as he has. I think Gronk and uh, and Kelsey being two of them. I think Greg Olson as well. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I, th- I think I'm passing on tight end again right now. And I think I'm going to go with, I have Josh Doxson available, who I talked about earlier as one of my favorite sleepers Kenny Galladay another one of my favorite sleepers um and Tyler Lockett who I I still think is is a pretty valuable player but um out of those guys I think I'm going with Dawson. I've been talking about him for quite some time now I think he's set up to be a touchdown machine this year um so I'm gonna go ahead and take him and pray that not all of the tight ends go in this intervening uh, bit of time and of course most of them just went um so I lost out on Joku, I lost out on OJ Howard, and I lost out on Tyler Eifert. Um, so my, oh, my punting tight end strategy is not serving me well at this juncture. But I'm just going to ride it out and see what happens here because I, I just am I'm having way too much fun. Um, so I think I'm going to take another, another sort of running back handcuff um, at this point in the draft. I got Giovanni Bernard, who I think is going to – uh, you know, I just earlier talked about uh, Joe Mixon in a previous episode um, and how I think he's going to have a big year. But that doesn't mean that Bernard is is not going to get his yards. I think he has – I love targeting guys in late rounds in addition to sort of high upside, um, potentially high-risk players. I also like targeting players with relatively stable floors um, just to sort of achieve some balance at the back end of a draft. And I think Bernard is one of those guys who – even if he doesn't, isn't the main guy over there, he's going to catch passes. Um, he's going to get his yards um, and be somebody that I could plug in on a bye week and, and know that it won't be a total loss. So I'm going to go ahead and take Gio Bernard in the 12th round. Moving on to the 13th round, uh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead, and then, and then we'll see where I'm at. Okay, so I'm kind of in handcuff world um, looking really quick. I'm also considering my defense at this point in the 13th round. Um, I think another thing that's come up in fantasy circles recently is just this like overbearing decision that you just don't pick a defense or a kicker until your final two picks, no matter what, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I have to say that that's trash in my opinion. I think that there's a terrible idea, especially if you're playing in a league with people that actually know what they're doing. Um, for example, I happened to fall into Jacksonville last year, I believe is the eighth defense picked off of the board in our league. I picked him, I think in like, I think it was the 12th or 13th round, but in a home league, you know, we had Broncos fans, Seahawks fans, um, Houston fans, and those teams are getting picked in the eighth, ninth, 10th round. I fell into Jacksonville, had a hunch. Nobody really knew what was going to happen for sure. Obviously, they were absolutely ridiculous. But what I'm saying is 
I chose to, you know, kind of pick them up a little bit early instead of punting all the way till the end and just grabbing a team. And they were, you know, literally my highest scoring player on my team outside of Antonio Brown and Alvin Kamara. So depending on your league settings, depending on what, what goes on in your league, a defense can make a difference. And my thing is, if you're going to pick a defense and not wait till the end, why not get a good one? Um, with that said, I'm looking at the L.A. Chargers here, who I really like. Um, I think that their defense is amazing. Uh, they lost, um, you know, Verrett again this year, but he didn't play last year. and They were really good as well. Um, Joey Bosa is kind of limping around camp, but I think he'll be fine. Um, their defensive line is, is really, really solid. Um, I just, oh, I just love the Chargers here. Um so I'm considering that. And basically, I'm just kind of in that place. Like, I do have a tight end. I do have a quarterback. I do have a great balance in wide receivers and running backs. So I'm kind of just not wanting to risk losing my favorite defense outside of Jacksonville, frankly. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chargers in the 13th All round. Right. And honestly, we're not, you know, it's not that late or not that early, rather, to pick to pick a defense. So I like going with the defense there. And not to... Yeah, just, just just to provide a counterpoint to that, I waited until I think I took a defense in the fifteenth round, and I dropped them after. I can't remember even who it was, but I dropped them after week one or two, and it just was sort of cycling through defenses all year. Um, and it, it it worked incredibly well if you just sort of take you go after you go after you know defenses that are playing weak offenses, and it got me a significant number of points. But you know you have to use you know waiver claims. Um, you know, you're constantly having to sort of make these decisions uh, over defenses and things like that. And I do agree with you that there that there is a lot of value in having a stable defense that you don't really have to think about. You just put out there every week uh, and you know they're going to do well for you. So I, 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 I see both both sides of that debate, but I definitely don't think it's just steadfastly saying I'm going to not going to take a defense before round 15 or 16 period is definitely not a smart way to go. Right. Um, okay. So I'm kind of in, I'm kind of in a uh, handcuff mode here. I'm looking at Kenneth Dixon, which would be a good move, yeah. um, but I'm just not even sure that he's going to be healthy. And he, I feel like he's just someone that I'll pick him up. Later, um, I love Chris Godwin. He's available. And uh, I see my boy, um, Kalen Balage, uh sneaking down here. But he's he's way the hell down there. So I'll, I'll scoop him up in another round. Um, I'm going to go with Chris Godwin here. Yep. I, uh, I think that, uh, obviously, Mike Evans runs the show um, in Tampa Bay. But... Uh, I think that Chris Godwin is, is a very, very close second, and uh, they're just absolutely raving about him in uh, in camp. So I'm, I'm feeling Chris Godwin there. And then um, we're going to turn it back to you. All right. Here we go. All right. So I think the dream is over, um, the dream of, of waiting till who knows when to take a tight end. I think it's officially time to take a tight end. Um, in the 13th round – I am going to draft Eric Ebron as my tight end one. Now, to make myself feel better, I have looked up some positive stats about Eric Ebron. So, I, what, <laughs> what I was what I was saying before about about uh, you know his how many yards he he achieved 
for his 25th birthday. Since the year 2000, only Gronk, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, and Jeremy Shockey have as many receiving yards as Ebron before their 25th birthdays. That's pretty impressive company. Um, and just looking at some of the player news on Fantasy Pros, um, a lot of th- a lot of people are, are coming on saying that he's he that they plan on having him make an instant impact in Indianapolis. Uh, they were lining him up all over the field. Um, they were you know potentially putting him. Um, uh, you know, they, they uh, uh, you know, can use both he and Doyle in two tight end, two tight end sets, um, put Doyle on the line. Uh, they've been doing a lot of different things, trying to get him involved in pass catching. So uh, definitely huge risk. He could, you know, Doyle could completely run away with the job and Ebron could be useless. But at this point in the draft, I'm willing to take a chance. Um, and and uh, I think he's, Bottom line is I need a tight end, and I think he's better than whoever else is out there. So Eric Ebron is my pick in the 13th round. Um, going to the 14th round, uh, I think I'm, I'm not going to say a thing because I'm going to go ahead and copy you, my friend. Um, the Chargers are available to me at this point, um, and I think they're my pick. Uh, they're, I think having a stable defense in the 14th round is a very valuable thing, and I'm going to go ahead and go with it. So I'm done. Beautiful. All right, here we've uh, I've got three more picks left. I've got two bench spots and a kicker available. And I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna pick my kicker after this round. I'm not waiting till the last round when everyone else does All it. All right. So this round, I am. Let's see. I'm actually gonna go with a backup quarterback. Um, I love Kirk Cousins, but. Uh, <sighs> I don't think it's a risk talent wise. I just think that I really, really believe in Dalvin cook this year. And I really believe in that defense. And there's a chance that I think what happened to breeze last year could happen to cousins this year. And that they just kind of turn into a second half, run the ball down your throat team. And um, that's going to be great for the Vikings. And I think cousins, is good enough in the first half, but I don't think he's going to be crushing it. Therefore, if he's not, I may need to back up here. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott and get a backup quarterback. Um, I really believe in Dak this year. I think he's in a bounce back in a major way and uh, he could potentially, you know, take over and I can flip back and forth between those guys with matchups. I think they're kind of similar players. And then, um, as mentioned before, I'm going to go to the kickers and my man, Steven Goskowski is available. So I'm going to scoop him available in in front of everybody else. And again, same theory with the defense. If you're going to have to draft a kicker, why not just get one of the two or three best ones in the league instead of settling for a Adam Vinatieri or Graham Gano, Dan Bailey. So um, at this point we're throwing sleepers anyway. So I'm just going to get a leg up on that uh, position pun intended. Sure. Well done. Well crafted. Um, Yeah. I, I, uh, this is, I think I I agreed with you on the defenses, but I'm not hundred percent sure I'm on board. I pretty much exclusively wait until the last round to take kickers just because I agree that Goskowski is, is, is superior, but I I think the difference between Goskowski and people you're going to get in the last round isn't as significant as the difference in, in defenses between, you know, Jacksonville or St. or uh, the chargers and these teams at the top and, and those below them. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'll definitely jump to take a, a, a quality defense in, in the, 
you know, thir 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th round. But uh, kicker, I, I almost always wait. But, uh, you know, there's, I think there, there's merits to both, to both strategies. Um, so I am on the, in the same place as you are. I have two bench slots left in the kicker. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a backup quarterback. Um, after all, Tom Brady is 41. Who knows what's going to happen? So, um, and actually one of my, one of my favorite fantasy quarterbacks is available. I'm going to go ahead and take him. That's Philip Rivers, who, uh, I mean, you know, nobody ever seems to think about this guy, but He's finished as a top 12 quarterback in eight out of the last 10 seasons. He's got one of the better offensive lines in football. And as you were just talking about uh, in your pick of Mike Williams, the, the Chargers are stacked with weapons. Probably, I don't think they've ever had this, this level of talent uh, in, during Rivers' tenure as their quarterback. So uh, I think boring sort of low-end QB1 players like Rivers aren't always the most popular pick, but uh, I think... I think he could be a, a deal breaker at this point in the draft. So, uh, especially in the event of, of something happening to Tom Brady. So rivers it is. And then snaking back around. So given that I took so long to take a tight end and as of right now, my only tight end is Eric Ebron. I feel like I need to cuff him a bit. Um, and, and, and give him some, some sort of help in the event that he doesn't have a role, um, in that offense. And Jack Doyle totally runs away with it. So, um, I think I'm going to go, I'm kind of torn between, I have Austin Hooper and Ricky Seals Jones. Um, I think both, I think Ricky Seals Jones probably has a bit more upside. So I'm sort of leaning towards potentially taking him. Um, Austin Hooper, I think is also a solid bet. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, going to catch a decent number of passes. He'll be an end zone target or red zone target for Matt Ryan over there. Um, who would you take if you were choosing between Austin Hooper and Ricky Seals Jones? RSJ for sure. Yeah. All right. That seals the deal. Yeah. I like his upside. I think especially in that offense, which isn't exactly stacked with weapons, uh, receiving weapons outside of uh, Fitzgerald and David Johnson, uh, Seals Jones could have end up carving out a nice role over there. So I'm going to go ahead and take him. The only concern would be that his bye week is the same as Ebron's. Um, but uh, I think my sense is, is that that would have a, a tendency to work itself out over the course of the season. And, uh, you know, I may not end up even keeping both of those guys. So, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take uh, RSJ with the, uh, in the 16th round. Great. I've got my last pick here and I'm going with a backup tight end uh, as well. And I am going with Hayden Hurst uh, basically just in case, just in case um, Trey Burton doesn't live up to the hype. I've got Trey, uh, Hayden Hurst. Um, also, they have different bye weeks, so I can just kind of sit on each one of them and hang out. Um, I think something notable about Hayden Hurst, uh, which I've mentioned some of his stats in previous episodes, but something about his bye week uh, that I think is unique. I actually think that I know all the talk is that everyone loves Joe Flacco and he's the man and blah, blah, blah. They still believe in him. I just don't think that's legit. I don't. I, I think that Lamar Jackson had one game. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't amazing. So everyone gave him a bunch of crap. I think he's legit. I think after he plays three more preseason games and gets to sit on the bench behind Flacco for another four games before he gets hurt, Jackson will be legit. Once he is, I think that whole team is going to take another step up. I think Hayden Hurst will be decent underneath Flacco because he loves his tight ends, but let's not forget that one of those two tight end, uh, one of those two uh, touchdowns in that Hall of Fame game was um, Jackson 
to Hurst, and it, it made my heart swell a little bit. So I'm going to go with Hayden, Hart, uh, Hayden Hurst um, with my very last pick, and I am stoked that he's even still available. So I have gotten my grade. Let's wait for your last pick, and then we'll compare our teams. All right, well, this will be quick. I'm taking Matt Prater, who is a kicker in the National Football League and is available to me in this draft. Done. All right. What'd you get? I believe he's also one of two players with what is it sixty? Was it sixty three four yards? Does he have the record, or is it him and Jason Elam? I thought they and thought they, Dempsey. I thought they were tied. Let me, let me look this up. We might have to stack correct there. Anyway, um, we'll check it out for another time. What's your uh, What's your grade? Uh, sorry, I, I couldn't help myself. I had to look it up. It is it is six, Matt Prater, 64 yards. Jason Elam uh, was and tied with Tom Dempsey, Sebastian Janikowski, and David Akers all had 63, but Matt Prater does have the record. Anyway, uh, my draft grade is I got an A, 96 out of 100. I, I, I think that's pretty respectable. What would you get? I got an A as well. I got a 93 out of 100, and I think some of that had to do with probably some reaches uh, such as uh, Goskowski a round early, maybe a backup quarterback and a backup tight end. Um, so you beat me on the grade this time. However, I am extremely thrilled with my team personally. Um, why don't you run down your team first uh, since you since you uh, are the king of this mock draft, and then I'll run through mine. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, also important to keep in mind that these grades are largely based off of their rankings, and, and you could very reasonably disagree with, with their rankings. And I think um, you did what, what, what one is supposed to do, um, especially late in the draft, and you took, you know, you sort of reached for some sort of high reward type players. Um, I think I some extent played it safe with guys like Gio Bernard and Philip Rivers down there late. So, um, you know, there's, there's certain things to be said for that. Um, it's not great. doesn't, isn't overwhelmingly meaningful, but, um, anyway, so, so I'll just run down, uh, just by position and then, and then to the bench. So, uh, quarterback is Tom Brady, uh, two starting running backs are Jordan Howard and Kenyon Drake. Uh, my sort of dynamic receiving duo um, at the top are DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams, who I'm very impressed with at the first and second round. Uh, my tight end is, is uh, <laughs> Eric Ebron, who uh, sounds funny coming after those players that I just mentioned, but Eric Ebron is indeed my starting tight end. Uh, my two flexes as of right now are Michael Crabtree and Lamar Miller. Obviously, uh, I can see uh, I have Marquise Goodwin on the bench. Um, who I could see starting uh, in place of one of one or more, one of those guys uh, a lot of weeks. Also on my bench are uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, Tariq Cohen, and Gio Bernard at running back. Um, I have Josh Dobson Dobson as my other receiver. Uh, Philip Rivers is my backup quarterback. Ricky Seals Jones is my backup tight end. Uh, and then uh, the Los Angeles Chargers defense and Matt Prater, uh, the record holder field goal uh, for longest field goal as my kicker dude i think that's a really really solid team i i don't disagree i don't disagree with with really any of those picks and where you got them even the ebron thing i think that just goes to show you that if you wait and wait and wait and wait on tight end you get ebron and ricky seals jones who if something happens to doyle or the colts just decide that ebron's a better athlete than doyle which i think is real anyway yeah. um he becomes a starter he's awesome 
And Andrew Luck has fed his tight ends over the years. And I think Ricky Seals-Jones has some real serious potential out there. So you might get two potentially tight end ones, um, top 12 tight ends in, you know, the last couple of picks in the draft. So I I think that worked out for you. Uh, My team, my team is Kirk Cousins at quarterback, which I would have really liked to see that boost. And I think if I would have maybe got a quarterback around earlier than that, I think my grade would have gone up a handful of points. I think that hurt a little bit. I would have liked to see Breeze or Deshaun Watson or Wentz in there. But nonetheless, Kirk Cousins is my quarterback. I have Alex Collins and Darius Geis as my starting running backs. I have Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, who I will probably never take out of my lineup at receiver. I have Trey Burton as my tight end and my flexes are Adam Thielen and Corey Davis. The rest of my bench is Royce Freeman, CJ Anderson, Anthony Miller, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Dak Prescott, and Hayden Hurst as my backup quarterback and tight end. I also have the Los Angeles chargers and I reached for Steven Goskowski. But um fact of the matter is the Patriots score every single possession and he's either getting he's either getting three or one points pretty much every single time. So I'm I'm feeling that. Um and if you're playing in any sort of bonus kicker league, which here's what I'll say. I'm not anti kickers, but if you're if you're not kicking kickers out of your league and you're gonna have kickers in your league, I am of the mode that you should play with bonuses i know a lot of people are like kickers score 21 points and my running back scored six (laughs) yada yada my argument is that if you're going to have one single position make it count if they suck then get rid of them and get another player but kickers are good and a guy like matt prater or justin tucker or zerline or steven goskowski could straight up outscore one of the other skill positions on the other team and i think that matters so if you're going to do kickers boost them up and a guy like Guskowski kicks a number of 50 yard field goals a year which could be five points so that's really solid so i'm stoked on that and again you went on the on the on the grade but i think picks like Kenyon drake and um some other things for you where the quarter uh, you and the uh computer thinks it's a better move yep. i think boost the grade whereas i would just i just don't believe in that so i i reached a little bit and you know, I think it's uh, it's important to understand where you're at with these grades. So had a wonderful time doing this mock draft. I believe we'll be doing more. I think we'll get into a standard draft next time we do this, maybe a standard 10-team league uh, mock draft next time we do this. Um, this is on Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard, and that'll do it for this episode. All right, it's been a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. Make sure you email your questions to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. And remember, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Don't screw up. For Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.